This is Flag, and you're listening to Color Call. Hi, this is Soul Hunter. The conversation you're about to hear a recording of was between Flag, myself, and Daddy David from Tess, and we were helping Flag go over some of his notes for a presentation that he was doing at Tess. The topic centered around um, basically doubt and dominance and some of the challenges that uh, dominants face when they're in relationships. Um, I'm leaving the audio pretty raw. A lot of people have told us that they kind of wanted to hear what the backroom conversations of this sort of stuff was uh, sounded like and, and how we talked when we weren't really in front of an audience. So enjoy and uh, let me know what you think of this sort of programming. We'll talk about it. <laughs> um, is the idea that um, it takes a great deal of confidence and a great deal of perspective of a very particular perspective to command someone to do things that um, you would find unpleasant or distasteful or even more to the point to command someone to do things that are in opposition with feeling affection for them. And uh, in my life, I, I find that, that it, it comes in the, in the shape of doubt, that there's, do I deserve, um, can I? You know, it, it's, it's, I've never put a, a, an actual interrogative to it. I've heard you speak about this before. Yeah. Um, so this is like in, on a, on a... In a technical way, it's where does my power extend to? How far can I go? Is it real? And this is in an ideal situation where everything is going right, right? You're setting it up, well, and, and just wondering how far can I take And this? we're also talking about situations where things aren't right and how that breeds doubt. See, that's what I picked up from the title, and I thought that's the, the whole gist of it was more for the, the dominant that's got a little bit of experience under their belt that when faced with some kind of setback, hardship, you know, or just resistance, just when somebody's pushing back on you. Yeah, mm -hmm. all of that kind of stuff. And and how doubt kind of like reads yeah, from doubt inside and, and infects everything else. Yeah. All right. I, I didn't quite pick up those elements from looking at your outline. That's why I asked. Well, I hadn't really aimed it at, at novice or more experienced. My thought was to, to break down tools to analyze and then address your problem, you know, because it's much easier for me to tell other people to do with their lives than it is for me to clean up my own. Well, and I think giving people a generalized tool more than presenting them a single, I mean, you can give them an example and go, you know, this yeah. happens to new people when they're trying to figure out when to take command, and it happens to people... It can happen to people in a relationship after a while when they come up to a new point or there's a setback. Because can, you can ask the question over and over in a million ways, but the point is to try and help people realize what their tools and options are. Um, because most people don't think about their, their relationships in a structured fashion. The most structured most people get is writing rules. And those rules are usually a mess. Right. But... People are, are going on what they feel, which is a disorganized, chaotic, messy business, as genuine as it is. Um, 
which is therefore confusing when it isn't working right. So the idea of trying to change it to look at this sociologically, look at this scientifically, look at this logically. Logically. You know, I mean, it, uh, it has a lot to do with paring it all down to algebra. You know, this person is here for this, doing X. You know, we'll get X, you know, we'll fulfills X obligation or will get X result, even if it's difficult. Because a lot of this has to do with slogging through the stuff that you don't feel confident enough to do. Some people need to get mad. Um, some of us don't get, don't find any power in getting angry. And, uh, so that clear option isn't there. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I think I think the topic makes it always risen. Every time I've seen the topic come up in discussion, people are always very eager to listen in on it, but not always very eager to participate. No, they don't want to talk. Nobody wants to show their belly because it takes a great deal of confidence in a room full of other dominants to go, I got a problem with this. Yeah. But it's, I mean, when you look at it, it's everything that the rules are designed to avoid. Yes. Most people's house rules are designed to avoid it. Well, the community's I'm rules on. as a whole are designed to avoid putting dominance in situations where they might come up against it. Rules designed to avoid conflict. You know, and, and I talked about that a little bit when I was doing, when I wound up doing my seminar. It's just this idea that if you follow all the rules, the social rules that the community has built, you will never come into direct conflict with the will of the person you're you're supposedly pursuing or dominating or you know if if you do it all right you know you never attempt to take control until they offer you control you never you know push where they're uncomfortable you never you know you never try anything without negotiating first and all that kind of protects the bottoms and the subs but also, vastly you're disempowered. Never disempowered, and I always wondered why people dealt with it, why why Dom's accepted it. But then I realized it also never puts you in a position of risk. If you're if if society, if the the societal grouping we're in has made it impolite and wrong to reach out and grab the throat or the hair of someone when I'm not sure what their reaction will be. I'm not weak for avoiding that. I'm following the rules. You know, I'm, I'm not... Because look at what it cuts out. All of those risky moves. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm never going to roll up... If I follow the rules, I'm never going to be able to roll up to somebody at a party and go, get your hat and coat, we're the fuck out of here in three minutes. Now that could go well, and it could go badly. And it's risky. And it's got all that emotional doubt risk. It's got all that trouble of putting yourself out there. But fortunately, this is the, the, the little rules we play by prevent that sort of stress from being applied. And I wonder, the more I think about it, if the, one of the reasons why dominance in the community tolerate being so disempowered is because it also has reduced their risk. Well, I think the, the number of people who are purely driven by a dominance urge is small. And um, 
which means there's going to be that small number of people who defy the rules or don't play at all in the public scene because they despise the rules. Um, I, when I got into the public scene, I played by those rules because I didn't realize there was another option. Until I started hanging out with you, it never occurred to me that I could be part of this without playing by the rules that were set down for me. It seemed that to go outside those rules would simply be to leave the community. Right. To, to, it, it was exile. You just, you're either part of this. It's like going into someone's house. If you go into their house, you play by their rules. Right. Um, it really, it took me meeting you and, and Sir to, to begin to understand that this was not the case. That this was not one big domain. This was a cluster of small, ineffective city-states, and I could make mine as big as I wanted. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. There's definitely that conflict, even even when I'm thinking about it. And, you know, you know, where is that line, and how how much I can push a test meeting, for instance, before I come up against whatever social contract I made with test when I went. You know, um, but. But yeah, I think it's just interesting that, you know, like I said, I never, I always thought the rules were something that had been sort of created to minimize the risk or the discomfort of the, the bottom half of the spectrum. But it also really, it also really kills the top half. Yeah, it does. If it's impolite to ask anyone out, you never get rejected. You, you never have, if you never have, are in a position where you're allowed to show dominance, without knowing in advance what the answer is, then, then you never have to show dominance no without knowing in advance and, what the answer is. And it's rude to call anybody's bluff. Right. You know, we've just built that little universe where you never have to you never have to do it. So, it's... But yeah, I mean, I doubt that was everywhere. I mean, it's hard to find something that's not core based on it. Well, I think so much of dominance the dominance, sexual dominance urge, is built on insecurity and fear. That, because there's, there's, there's two things here. There's, there's the social alpha, but being an alpha doesn't make you a sexually oriented dominant. There's lots right. of alphas who couldn't give a crap. People confuse these two. Because all the, the would-be dominants aspire to be thought of as alphas. Right. There are not that many goddamn alphas. What you have are a lot of people who want to be something. Myself included. I built a mystique because I wanted to be it. But um, I learned when push came to shove, I cracked. I wasn't that guy. Right. I was making sure that people feared me enough to believe I was that guy. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think I'm the worst example. No. You know, I mean, so... What's interesting is that one doesn't help the other. And it no. took me a long time to get a handle on that. You know, which is because... And it wasn't until I really looked at my different styles. Because I have, I have two completely different ways that I deal with all things sexual and intimate and everything else. And when I'm just doing alpha stuff, when I'm just trying to run my life and trying to get shit done in an efficient way, I have a very laid-back style, 
You know, as long as everything's going okay, I kind of let it go. But, and I don't need constant affirmation. I don't need people constantly. You know, I don't need Kimiko to wake up every morning and remind me that she wants to be with me. And I just, I don't need that crap. But if I was to actually really just choreograph and orient my sexual life the way it is in my head, it's constant Mm -hmm. It's constant micromanagement. It's constant. And that's exactly the difference. Everything being, you know, and I always really thought that one, being a secure, dominant guy, being a strong guy would make me more confident in that. But it's a whole different level of belly opening, yeah. you know. It's, well, I mean, I, I think, I'll only speak in my case, but I think my case is not unique. Uh, when I had a thick, thing full of rules. I had a thick thing full of rules so that the people under me had to interact with the book. Right. And if they broke the rules in the book, it was a barrier. You know, rarely did they just break the rules in the book. By then, things would disintegrate on other levels. Right. But they were in service to the book. I yes, just happened right. to be holding it. Yes, yes, yes. Um, it kept me safe. There was no direct contact and struggle. You either submit to the book or you don't submit to the book, and, and that's it. Yeah. And oh, everyone right. thought that was flag being a hardliner, but it, and it was, but it was also me going, keeping myself from ever having to face genuine conflict and power. Well, and I think there's... I you think had to lose first. If you were on your belly first, then everything was fine. Thanks. Uh, once again, this is Soul Hunter for CowerCult.com. Uh, tune back in. We have more of this recording, and we have other conversations in the future to bring you. Have a good time. Bye-bye.